You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and it's Tuesday, which means it's time for Coach's Chat. We're going to talk with Jimbo Fisher, hear what he had to say from Monday's press conference, break down everything going into the week, and also talking a little bit more about what is to come now that A&M will not be facing off against the likes of Ole Miss. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast every single day, give me a follow, I'll give you a shout-out, I'll add it into my repertoire, and give you a shout-out on why I'm adding it, especially thanks to you. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man-related content found here on LOP. You can always subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So for those of you who aren't familiar about when Jimbo Fisher speaks, it's usually about 11 to 12 o'clock every single Monday, breaking down what happened in the game the weekend before and then talking about what happened in the upcoming week. So here was his opening statement, talking a little bit about what he saw against Auburn and what he expected to see against the likes of Ole Miss. They got it stopped in the red zone and kept it to a field goal in a one-score game, and we were able to go right back and uh, get get the lead back was huge. Uh, another huge play in that game was Caden Davis making a tackle on a kickoff. We, we uncharacteristically did not do a good job of covering that kick, and uh, uh, we had some guys that we, we got to get that fixed, which we've been outstanding on that. And K, that play was outstanding by Caden Davis. That's a huge play in the game. We were able to get a stop there, then get it and go back and score again. And then the defense got us off the field again, and we were able to eat clock on offense, eat over five and a half minutes off the clock and got down and got a big field goal right there, and Seth made a big kick. So all parts, when the game got on the line, made catches. The other thing, the scramble by uh, Kellen in the fourth, on the third down in the last drive was huge. The catch by Anias was amazing. Uh, Spiller was awesome in the game. Wiedemeyer, you know, uh, Anias, our offensive line was outstanding. Our defense, like I say, got going in the end right there. Our secondary did a good job. And, you know, our kicking game, we know we had some flaws, but missed a field goal and had some of those things, but made it when we had to. So just proud of a hard-fought SEC West road win. Uh, I thought it was very mature of our team, the way we played and handled those situations. So continuing to grow and got to get better. I like his answer here. Mature. Mature game. Mature drives late in the game when you have a lead, but you need to eat clock, is what makes a team good to great. Mature teams know how to run the ball and get set up for a second and three. They know how to pass the ball and get another first down and stay in bounds knowing that they have an 11-point lead where at this point it was a seven-point lead and they have to continue to move the ball. This is what you talk about when you look at this team. AM had a, had a two-possession lead. They chewed down the clock. Good play calling, good strategy, and when all else failed, they decided to settle for the field goal. Great kick right down Broadway from Seth Small. Good stop by the defense. Get back out there, eat some more clock. Maturity are play designs like that fourth quarter. Was Kellen perfect? No, far from it. He had a, he should have had a pick six. He should have had a turnover. Isaiah Spiller. Had a fumble. Jalen Weidemeyer. 
right place, right time. We talk about Jalen Weidemeyer, right place, right time, more than we talk about that throw from Kellen because of right place, right time is so much more important than minor mistakes. You can make 20 mistakes in, in a game, and I've seen it happen. I, I mean, I, I've grown up in Texas my entire life outside of the few years that I lived in Alabama and outside of the few years I lived elsewhere, but I've seen Texas high school football. I will never forget there was one game our quarterback threw three interceptions and all it took was a field goal and we still won because strong defensive play. They weren't able to move the ball. Defense got stops when they needed to. Offense ate clock when they needed to. That's a mature football team. That's a mature win. Maturity is what separates good teams from great teams. An immature coach and a, pl- and a coach who's not been in this situation before would have said, let's keep running up the score. Let's try to keep getting big-time plays. Let's see what we can do and see how poignant this offense can be. LSU is a mature team defensively. Offensively, Ed Orgeron and um, Ed Orgeron and Joe Brady, they knew that they were talented. But they want the rest of the SEC to know that they were talented. A&M, nah. Now, we, we trust our defense, but they they do have a run game. Let's eat the clock. That's exactly what happened. Speaking of run game, for anyone who didn't know this, there was a couple plays this season where we saw Isaiah Spiller and Devon Shane or Nye Smith out in the backfield. Why is it such a big deal? Simple. They play the same position. They all three are running backs. But Jimbo Fisher actually brought that to someone's attention on Monday afternoon. If you go back, we did it in the Mississippi State game. We did that in the Mississippi State game. We've done it earlier this year. Did it a couple times, so we've done that off and on. So it's not like this is the first time they're running the I formation. They actually have run it a lot in Jimbo Fisher's systems, both at Florida State, when he's at LSU, now in College Station. Spiller is the bigger back, and what you need with the fullback is you need a guy who can deliver a good block to get your guy your running back to the second and third level defense. Spiller is the biggest of the three. So naturally, he would play that fullback position. But what's interesting as well is that Spiller has shown he is the best pass blocking back. And it makes him effective because in the NFL today, you need to have two or three guys who can do a little bit of both. Some teams do have a fullback and they do run it. Andy, J- uh, Andy Jankovic for the Cleveland Browns is one. Kyle Juszczyk for the... Uh, San Francisco 49ers is another. You also have um, a Derek Watt, who w- at one point was playing in Los Angeles. Now he is the fullback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They just set up plays. And sometimes they actually will get the run. Sometimes they actually will get to be effective on the ground. But they're good blockers. I mean, Colin Gaspila had such a good shot of making an NFL team because of he was a fullback. Spiller playing fullback is not an insult to his run style. It's more of a pressing plus for the team saying, hey, we have three talented running backs, all of whom can make plays in the open field. We don't need to be limited to having just one out there. We can have all three out there if we really want to. We can run an I formation where we have a fullback, a single set tight end, two receivers, and a running back. And we'll play Anaya Smith at one of those receivers. We could run a jet sweep. We could run an option. We could run, you know, a fullback dive. We could run right at the gut. We can run straight slant. 
Delay handoff. Pass the ball. You have three weapons for that reasoning. And that's something that's really positive when you look at AM's run game. It's why they had another 300 rushing yard day. It's why Isaiah Spiller had the most carries and saw the most significant offensive snaps outside the offensive line in Callan Mott. Because if they played him all over the place, that's a positive. It's not a negative because he's not seeing as many carries. It's a positive that he's seeing as many plays. The number of snap counts is almost as important as the number of positive plays you have. We know we know we want to get guys carries. We want to get them in the game, certain series of the game. But also, you have to be flexible depending on the way the game's going, the flow of the game, and the temperament of the game, and the way things are happening. But we feel very comfortable putting all those guys in at any time. So there's not a set motion for these players. But you know what is? Guess what? You were playing against a team that last season held Isaiah Spiller to zero yards as the only running back. You saw Anaya Smith make plays as a receiver against the Tigers last season in College Station. They could run whatever you want. The way that they ate at this team, who was missing two of the best defensive players from the SEC to the draft last year, played in their favor. And that's why Isaiah Spiller got the most significant amount of carries. That's why he got the most significant amount of snaps. But you saw him multiple times. Number six was lined up behind number 28. Number zero and number 28 were on the field at the same time. Maybe an offset formation. Why? Because these running backs all have earned Jimbo Fisher's trust to be the guy. If something was to happen to Isaiah Spiller any other year, if we would have been last year, this would have been a lost season. Six and six. Because there were several games Spiller carried the team. They would have lost South Carolina. They 100% would have lost South Carolina. Six and six season last year. Down year. This year? Oh, you got off Shane? Now we're good. You have um you have Smith now playing in the running back and can make plays out of the backfield as a pass catcher? Ah, oh, we're good. Oh, we we're gonna miss out on Smith. Well, guess what? Ashane can still catch the ball too. We're good. AM is set at a position that maybe is a dying breed in pass happy leagues like college football, like the NFL. It's very old school style running. But again, I've mentioned this multiple times. The Cleveland Browns are 9-3 on the year. One great game from Baker Mayfield. And we're talking that Baker is the reason the Browns are 9-3. Nope. It's number 27, number 24. A&M, this was a very solid game from Kellen Mond. Number 6, number 0, and number 28 are the reason these guys are sitting at 7-1. and one. You know what's the best gift to give yourself this holiday season? Relaxation. With the world feeling like you're always on the go, 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 and a million pressing needs with social issues and expectations to be on 24-7, you never have a moment to unwind. That's why I recommend when you have a moment to turn off and hit your reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. And that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are made for your time to chill. It doesn't matter what team is sport is playing, Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport for the Aggies. Just drink a beer, flip through some channels, find a sport, crack it open, and enjoy a Coors Light. Because the beer is not only cold lager, cold filtered, and cold press, made by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, it's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, a perfect moment to help you unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Coors Light. 
and get Coors Light delivered in the new straight-to-your-door system at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, Cole Thompson, back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality podcasts around your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to help you win your fantasy football league. Playoffs are on. You need the action. We got it covered here. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier before we went to commercial break about how A&M's run game is their strong suit because of... Not only can they run the ball, they can catch the ball. And Jimbo Fisher brought that up. I mean, it does. They all can see the thing about it. They all can catch the football. And the uh, thing about it, you can get multiple looks, multiple personnel, multiple groups in the guys, create matchups. And it also gives you a lot of, you know, where Spiller doesn't carry the complete load. Because you talk about a long season, like, like we're eight games in. Now, we only had a 10-game season this year as far as we're going to have. Next, you know, you have a 12, and then if you're in the playoff 13, that's a lot of bangs and bruises on the body. So, I mean, the development of those guys is huge, and they each bring a little different style. So, it's very unique and allows you to do different things. So, it's, the more guys we can get involved, the better. And those guys are doing an outstanding job. Very proud of them. Any other season, I think you would see a little bit more of Ashane actually as a runner. You know, he has only 200 yards in the year. I think he has 30, 31 carries, but it's a 10-game season. So naturally, you're going to go to the two that you trust a little bit more, the two who are a little bit more experienced, and that is Spiller and that is Smith. Now, Spiller is doing a fantastic job in the SEC. 151 carries, 897 yards, six touchdowns. It's going to be interesting now with there not being the Ole Miss game if he will eclipse 1,000 yards this year. Last year, he was super, super close. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, you look at his stat line, I'm pretty sure he had like nine, yeah, 946 in 174 carries, but he did have 10 touchdowns. So his touchdown ratio is a little lower. But again, last year, he was also very effective out of the backfield. 29 receptions, 203 yards. This year, 10 catches, 114 yards. It also is in 12 games versus in uh, 10 games. And now nine for the Aggies because they're not going to have their game against Ole Miss. But then again... One of the smarter things that Fisher did, that I was very much against at the time, was to play Anaya Smith in the backfield. Not because Anaya Smith is not meant to be a running back, but because now it will allow him to show NFL teams if he does declare to go to the draft next year. I'm a gadget player. I'm what Lynn Bowden Jr. is supposed to be, but I already have the experience of playing both positions. He took nine snaps at wide receiver. He took he took uh, the rest of his snaps at running back. But he's had a good year. Another four reception game where he finished with, I believe it was 62 yards on the day. You look at his rushing game, he had 36 yards of seven carries, 5.1 yards per carry. He only has 223 rushing yards on the year, but you look at his total number of yards is the impressive part. He has over, if I'm not mistaken, 700, 700 yards in the year. And that would put him at number two on the team. In total yardage? I mean, what more do you want? You have a guy who can do a little bit of everything. And that's what was effective. That final catch on the final drive. Kept the clock rolling. Hell of a grab by Smith. But that wide receiver mentality never went away. He still works drills with the wide receiver. And you start seeing these, you know, players in the NFL 
They're not just one-dimensional guys. Taysom Hill still plays wide receiver, still plays running back, still can play tight end, still is a gunner. Smith was a former high school quarterback who transitioned his final year to wide receiver, got offered to go to A&M, play wide receiver, but he had that dual threat mentality. And now it's helping out A&M immensely. And then Oshane, as I mentioned, in a 12-game year, I think that you would see probably him get a little bit more carries. I think we'd be able to see a little bit more of his future. But nine games is just a preview of what hopefully will be back to normality in 2021. All right, let me set the mood for you real fast. It's a long day ahead. You did not have a lot of sleep the night before. And unfortunately, your boss does not care about what's going on in your personal life. So you're not going to be able to break through your mental or physical wall. That's why I recommend if you have one of these moments, very much as similar as I do, go start your day off right with Built Go. It's an easy 1.5 ounce package, so you can put it in your briefcase to get you focused on your presentation, get you in your golf bag to power through the back nine, or just put it in your pocket to get you through your day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market because it's exactly like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better on your body. It's much like drinking a monster energy drink with a third less of the caffeine and so much better results. Plus, it comes in three different delicious flavors, including peanut butter honey, coconut chocolate, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines collagen gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into your system faster, and it's much easier on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and just a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks it up a notch and keeps me going strong with B6 and B12 vitamins. Plus, collagen protein promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So this stuff even makes you look pretty. Go visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Guys, you don't have to be sluggish throughout your day. Start your day off right and break through your mental wall with Built Go from Built Go. Let's go. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast. I'm Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas a Guys, make sure you follow the podcast here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Plus, if you like this show, I'm sure you're going to love the Locked on NFL show. Go join Ross Jackson and Luke Braun as they break down Monday Night Football action and the top fantasy storylines around the NFL with Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On Fantasy expert to help you set your lineup and pick up waiver wires, must-starts, and much, much more. Subscribe on Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. I wonder what the biggest thing is that bothers me most about something that's been going on recently, and it is, of course, the college football playoff. You look at these teams, and you look at how the schedule goes, and, and you want the four best teams. Sometimes the four best teams aren't the four best records. This year, I will say... Two of the four best teams are undefeated, and that would be Alabama and that would be Notre Dame. Whether you would like to admit Notre Dame or not is good. What the defense has done this season under Chris Leah is phenomenal. What the offense is doing with Ian Book is phenomenal. So then it comes down to the coaching. Brian Kelly's a couple wins away, one or two away from being the all-time Tying the all-time leader in Newt Rockney for all-time wins. Program history. Coming from a small school in Cincinnati. Not expected to really do anything. He's been to the college football playoff once. He's likely going a second time. He's been to a national title game. They're a good team. And Alabama has steamrolled every team in the SEC. 
Which brings up my next conversation point. Sometimes the SEC is just better. Clemson has had struggle games without Trevor Lawrence under under center. And even with Trevor Lawrence under center, they've had moments where they've struggled. Last week, Lawrence went 195, one touchdown, one interception against Virginia Tech. Yeah, they got the win, but Virginia Tech also played them close in the first half. Pittsburgh played them close in the first half. Notre Dame is the only team that really solidified themselves as the better team that day, and that's without Trevor Lawrence under center. Week in and week out, the SEC, and specifically the SEC West, is a big opponent for whoever you're playing. Arkansas getting three wins this year in the SEC, almost four. And we're going to say Sam Pittman doesn't at least deserve consideration for Coach of the Year. They don't want an SEC game in two years. And we're going to pretend that he does not deserve any consideration. We're going to pretend that Eli Drinkwitz is not deserving just as well. In my opinion, Missouri has all the right intangibles to actually set themselves up to be a top five team in the SEC by the end of 2021. They did a lot. They they got a great recruit at the at the cornerback who expected to go to either Texas or Alabama, and he he turned them all down to go to Missouri. But the SEC, it just means more. It really does. And people are going to come in tonight. They're going to be talking about the SEC championship game. They're going to be talking about the college ball playoff rankings and go, oh well, A and M beaten unranked Auburn team. Okay, Auburn at one point this year was ranked number, what, eight, nine? And they've lost their games to teams that are ranked in the top five, kind of like A&M did last year. I mean, sometimes that just happens. You look at Auburn's losses. Auburn's lost to a number one ranked Alabama, a number five ranked A&M team, a number, what, are they seven? Eight-ranked Georgia team. And they got upset by South Carolina. I'll give you South Carolina. But an SEC win, when you compare it to all other conferences, it's not even close. Fisher had something to say about that. SEC wins are very convincing, I promise you that. Anytime you win the SEC West, it's very convincing. The best league in ball, the best players in ball, they're all very convincing. But, I mean, listen – convincing wins that's an it's an opinion you got to base things on facts and we're in a and and our world in the media right now has got to be my opinion and not what's based on facts or how i feel or and then expert i mean you gotta let the the people who are on the committees and those things do it you can't worry about that and you know you got to play what you do do what you do control what you control and then convincing's in the eyes of the beholder you know what i mean i mean in my opinion and i think you know where is running somebody out of the stadium and embarrassing somebody where has that ever become good? Where, 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 what, what dignity is in, in that? I'm not saying you don't do that. And guys, don't, I'm, not, I'm just using that for an example. Does that mean convinced I go score as many points as I can, I control the game? There's a lot of things that go into this. How about just play your best football, do it the right way, do it with class, do it with dignity. Those are convincing wins against good opponents. We're playing in the SEC West. Those are, like I just said, SEC West wins are very convincing. I probably, and SEC East wins. SEC wins, period, are very convincing. Now, that's up to everybody else. I don't worry about, I'm not worried about what they think. I'm worried about how we play. Ohio State is not a top four team this year, despite their record being undefeated. Their convincing win is over Indiana, 
and it's more of a convincing loss that the Hoosiers fought back. They didn't quit. They didn't stop, and they didn't let Big Horseshoe run them into the ground. What they did was, they saw they were down. Let's have fun with it. Let's make things interesting. Forced three interceptions on Justin Fields. That is Ohio State's most convincing win on the year. And really, it's actually Indiana's most convincing loss. Penn State has won one game. One. That's not a good win for Indiana anymore. It was week one. When Indiana was barely ranked, what were they, 24, 20, you know, 25, 23? And Penn State was eight? Great win. Great win. The, you know, the Michelangelo, uh, Sistine Chapel, play of the year. It's not a good win anymore. But you know what's a great loss? Ohio State. Down 35-7. And they come back. They allow one touchdown. Pick six, by the way. Pick six touchdown. By the way, let's just get that out of the way. No, The offense, completely done. They score 28 points of their own. Second half, Indiana wins that game. Second half, Indiana is the better team. Indiana now, and we're going to talk about this on tomorrow's show because I believe it needs to happen. Indiana now, if they win this weekend, they're in the Big Ten Championship because Ohio State won't have enough wins to qualify. But Ohio State's going to be in the college football playoff, right? Coastal Carolina's win over BYU is more convincing than any win by Ohio State this year. Auburn's loss to Texas A&M is more convincing of a win than any win by Ohio State this year. Florida's win over Georgia is a more convincing win than a win by Ohio State this year. But because Ohio State will not have a loss on their record, is the College Football Play Committee going to put them in? They're not going to be their Big Ten champions. They're not going to be it. They can't be. They're out. But we're going to put them in. AM has more convincing wins, and they have a better loss to the number one team. Even though it was by three scores. They have a better loss than Ohio State has a better win. At this point, if we're going to consider having a one-loss team in, throw Indiana's name in and throw Ohio State out. I've had it with this. I have had it with this conversation. I'm annoyed with this conversation. Ohio State will not play in the Big Ten Championship game because they will not play against Michigan. We found that out before, before, just before we started playing that clip. You're going to tell me in one breath that the SEC games that we've seen this year, how Vanderbilt has hung strong with a couple teams, how Alabama has cream crop teams, how Kentucky has made it interesting for some teams, how Tennessee has been a joke this year. Had to throw that one in there. I'm sorry. How we talk about how Colin Coward talks about how Georgia is a top 10 team because they recruit well. Well, they lost to both the number six team and the number one team. They're not a top 10 team. They're not, they're better than BYU, maybe, but they're not top 10. They're just not. But Ohio State, because of their top 10 team and their blue blood, they're going to get in the college football playoff. Six wins. And by the way, 
never forget that at the start of the year, Kevin Warren and the Big Ten Committee said, we're not going to play football. They realized that they were about to lose their best player to the draft. They came back for him. It's a joke. Every win by A&M this year, because the conference they play in, is the most convincing win in the Big Ten. Every win in the Big Ten is not even close to being this convincing. Indiana is the best win of the year by far, and I'd say the second best win of the year by far would be Michigan State upsetting Northwestern. Wasn't a good game by Northwestern. Wisconsin's having a down year. You know, Rutgers is playing good football right now. Rutgers. Yeah, the, the team that they went through three different coaches couldn't win crap. Have a better year. Penn State having a down year. Give me a break. Easily. Everyone in the SEC is more important. And everyone in the SEC is more valuable than anyone in the Big Ten at this point. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes, Spotify, and listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow's show, I kind of just mentioned it. I'm going to spend all day on it. I'm going to spend all waking night and all day Wednesday talking this into existence. There's no game between Ole Miss and there's no game between Michigan. They're out. Ohio State has a free weekend. And AM has a free weekend. Guess what could happen? It won't, but guess what should happen? You have the number four team, the number five team. I will talk it into existence. Ohio State play against Texas AM this weekend. We just saw a team schedule game in two days. Guess what? The team that people thought was better actually was better. Talk about that all day tomorrow. We'll see you then. Remember, kick them, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.